here we are. Yep. All two of us. Here it is. You know, <laughs> it's it's a shame. It's disappointing. We were having a great time with the three of us. But honestly, you know, Adam has got a job. He's working. But he's got so many fans out there who he's letting down. He does. But I think they can all understand under these circumstances, uh, you know, he, uh, the, he had to take the work because it's very hard to get work right now. This is and, uh, that's the last positive thing I'm going to say about it, but I think it had to be said. This isn't work. What we're doing here, I'm working hard. Yeah, it's not the same. It's I mean, work by by that I mean things you do that give you respect in the community, in the entertainment community. <laughs> and this doesn't. No, I did. I'm not saying anything. This this uh, that's what I meant by that uh, when I said that. That's what I meant. Right. Um, so it's us again here. Uh, you know, what's funny is that we could have probably called Jim Murtaugh again today. We could have called. We're only going to do things from the Jim Murtaugh oeuvre. From the, still Murtaugh, from the Murtaugh collection. I could call him right now on the phone. He talks he, way too much. He'll just he talk and talk. <laughs> no, he, we certainly could. He was a great guest. And, um, he was a wonderful guest. Uh, I, I'm. I'd love to hear what he has to say about this. He's. It's. He's in one scene or two, and he's in. It's. One, it's a good scene. He's anyway, and and a anyway, what? Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Welcome to you. Great to see you. It's um, good to see you. It was good to see you in person the other day. It was. I now we hadn't seen each other in over a year at over least. A year. And um, certainly since the pandemic began, and it was the first chance we'd gotten to see each other. It was great. Yeah. First time I'd seen mom in ages. And uh, the first time I'd gotten out of Brooklyn in, in uh, eight months. Yeah. So it was great. So was that, great. Was, that was really, really good. And we picked, a, I think, a perfectly adequate show, a movie for the show this week. I'm, I'm very pleased with, uh, with this choice. You mean because it has to do with with uh, fascism and the people trying to take over and quell peaceful protest? No, because this movie just kicks eighties butt, and oh. it's it's the eighties. It is the eighties. This movie, yes, it's everything eighties that I like in a yeah, movie. Should we should we tell? You know, before we get started, though, what I'm wondering about is I, I forgot to get a beer. Um, well, I don't have any beer. I, I'd offer you one, but I don't have any here. Go get one now. No, I'm drinking tea myself. I oh, can't help you. God, there was some way for me to get a beer. Um, Do you have beer uh, in the house? There's beer in the refrigerator, but I don't want to leave you alone on camera. Well, you've already done that. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave you alone on camera to read the Gettysburg Address while I while I go get a beer or something. You want to see my vamping skills? Yeah. Well, I told um, at the time. Did we talk about it on the you show? Told me. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, you did. What you did to that child? That on the show we talked about it. That I left. You, you told the story on the show. Wow. Surprised nobody's called you. About that. <laughs> I'm surprised that kid hasn't called me. Yeah. With the bill for therapy. After telling that story, you're a brave man to leave me alone on the air. <laughs> so what movie are we talking about tonight? Maybe hey, people don't know. They should uh, know. 
They, they may have an idea, but if they don't, the movie this week is is Blue Thunder, 1983's Blue Thunder, uh, directed by John Badham, starring Roy Scheider and Candy Clark and Warren Oates and Daniel Stern and Malcolm McDowell. Um, and written... Hold on one second. I think something truly magical is about to happen. Something truly magical is about to happen. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, wait, maybe I was wrong. Broadcasting gold right here. <laughs> Something may be about to happen. No, no, nothing was about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> did you think that... You said like you, moon landing. Did you think <laughs> someone was... It is, something's happening. Come in. <laughs> Hold on. I'm leaving you alone on camera right now. Okay. Nope. No, I'm not. I think somebody oh is at this God, point. Look what happened. Do some commentary. I think somebody's bringing my Thank brother a beverage. Oh, yes, Matthew has received a look beverage. What happened? A glass <laughs> and mad. a steel container of some kind. He is going to open that container. Yes. And he oh, is going to pour what sounds like beer yes that sounds like beer that matthew's pouring right now for those right. of you who oh, are for whatever reason just listening to this what a magical um, life it is okay back to business now i can get serious well that was the you know that was the movie where, where we saw, we saw yeah. this movie called blue thunder um I, uh, the last thing I was going to say uh, is the writer. It's, it's notably written by a guy named Dan O'Bannon and uh, a guy named Don Jacoby. But Dan O'Bannon is of particular interest. We'll talk about that later. Okay. So, do you want to know? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. What's your? What do you think? I love it. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's just cheesy 80s fun. It is absolutely uh, fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean it 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 delivers it delivers on on all the levels that you would expect a scary monster helicopter movie to to work. It does it delivers on all the on all fronts. Yeah. And it delivers it with more style and and better movie making than you'd ever think would be thrown at a story about a about a helicopter. About a helicopter. <laughs> it's a movie about a helicopter. Yeah. The um the flying is extraordinary. It's the some of the best aerial photography I've ever seen in a movie, man. It absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. It's truly great. Uh shot in shot by one of the great DPs. You know who shot this movie? Uh so a DP. Yes. Yeah. Do you know which which one of no, those DPs? No, you're, okay. I'm just, I'm an actor. That's all I know how to do. There's something called Google, which would be helpful to <laughs> you. Uh, but um, it's uh, uh, John Alonzo um, shot this movie and he shot Chinatown among other, other great things. But so, you he know, he shot China. he's just one of the great, he's just literally one of the, one of the greatest DPs and to have him, you know, putting his attention to a movie 
like this to give it such a realistic feeling. I, I, I mean, when you think how silly this movie could have been, how utterly ridiculous in every way, this was a candidate for being Samurai Cop. Yeah. I mean, this movie could have been Samurai Cop. Yeah. Very, very easily. And it it's it is not because I think Roy Scheider delivers. Um, he does his thing. He does his thing, but there was there was there was one thing in particular that I adored about his performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is in all of the the high tension flying battle sequences anytime there was um extreme danger he had an attitude of of utter neutral boredom face which is what i imagine the real pros are like when the shit hits the fan you mean he didn't do a lot of Jean Jean Claude Van Damme faces? Yeah, flying the, the helicopter. Yeah, there's not because you know these guys in emergencies. It, it's one of the things that I love about um, Matt Damon's performance in Jason Bourne. It's that when it gets time to get to business, what you're seeing is somebody whose training is kicking in, rather than emotional. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, it's you don't have time for that crap when you're a professional. I don't think. Yeah. I, 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 guess, I guess I don't either. I mean, well, I do. I actually do like that about the performance. I think, I mean, that 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 overlaps maybe my one of my only negatives, which is kind of a. I don't know if we should talk about it yet or not, but um, I mean, I feel like if there's anybody who hasn't seen it, maybe you want to you want to tell them what it's about and just the basics, so they at least know what the characters are and sure uh roy scheider is a uh pilot for the uh astro division which doesn't actually exist it's called the air support division in real life of the lapd but lapd didn't want their name mentioned anywhere in this movie so it's not and i'm not sure why they didn't want that but the police department in the movie is the metropolitan police um and so it's it's the guys who go up in the helicopters and give support to the guys in the cars, the officers running around in the cars. And uh, he's a Vietnam vet who's flying a chopper. He's got a little PTSD. It's that classic Maverick Top Gun. I don't know why anybody would want to fly with him, you know, scenario. Um, and then for some reason... Uh, I mean, and then the 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 military has developed a new helicopter uh, for use in uh, police support, and uh, they want to test it out in a uh, urban environment. Is it called Blue Thunder? Technically, is that its code name? But I mean, that is the idea of the the chopper is basically yeah. Blue Thunder. I get the feeling. Yeah, the chopper is Blue Thunder, but, but, but they don't really say that in the movie, right? No. It's not. It doesn't. It's not like it's code word or something. No. It's just. Yeah, we just know it's Blue Thunder. And for some reason, they choose this officer who's just been grounded and has PTSD to be the officer who's testing it out because he's the like, best, Matthew. Like in the eighties, there were people who were the best. Yes, and he was the best. He's the best. You know why he's the best? Why even ask? He did something. He did something once right. that apparently is impossible right. to do. 
in a helicopter. Right. Oh, oh my God! What did he do? Oh, it's not. It's he, not possible. You can't be doing that. It, it, how did he do it? He claims that he did a uh, a three sixty loop to loop in a helicopter. But do you know what I found out doing my own research on that thing you so cavalierly referred to as Google? La Google, uh, d- did you find out that it is technically possible? It is technically possible, and people have done it. Yeah, most well, that, somebody in a Red Bull, uh, Red Bull publicity stunt. But do you know what year that was? I don't know the, what year the Red Bull one, but I think the first loop was in the sixties, wasn't okay. it? I don't know. I didn't bother looking it up. I didn't care. But it, it can actually be done. Uh-huh. That was the part of movie of the movie that felt like some executive somewhere was really upset that Tom Cruise wasn't free to do Blue Thunder. You know, yeah. like like the fact that he did a loop de loop was a, that was a real Tom Cruise part of the movie. That um, well, do you know who it was supposed to be instead of Roy Scheider? No. Originally, I think it was going to be Scott Glenn. I never. I didn't hear that. That's so interesting. And then Roy Scheider, do you know why Roy Scheider wanted to do this movie? Well, I know why they wanted him, because he was a giant star from Jaws and Jaws 2. So yeah, Scott, you know Glenn, why Scott Glenn wasn't a star, so why would they have wanted Scott Glenn? I don't understand that. I don't either. But do you know why Roy Scheider wanted to do this movie? Well, I know he was well, in, he had been in the Air Force, and he flew, he flew jets, so... He also wanted to do it so that he would not be available for Jaws 3D. <laughs> of course. That's brilliant. Which is pretty That's pretty brilliant. Good. Yeah. So so he he's testing this helicopter to get back to the plot. Uh and he starts to and it's got amazing capabilities like silent flight and it can fire 4000 rounds per minute from a gatling gun on the nose and it can it can listen to a conversation from 40000 feet and it can zoom in and read the license plate on a nat's ass from 1 mile up it, you know it just incre- it's got thermal vision and night vision and silent flying and Every sort of urban. It's got a computer system that's hooked up to every data system. Basically, Google before there was Google. Yeah. It had Google before there was Google. Um, And uh, so, uh, but then he starts to think maybe there's something nefarious going on. Uh, And the, the fella for the Air Force who's running the test is Malcolm McDowell who's his nemesis from Vietnam. Um, who, yes, who's a colonel uh, now. And, and I don't know, I haven't heard a British uh, colonel in the American Not a lot of Brits in the United States. Um, that's to be a strange choice. Yeah. But uh, uh, You know, the original, who John Badham wanted for that part originally, was uh, Brian Brown, which makes a lot of sense. Like, I feel like Brian Brown from FX and from uh, Cocktail, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise movie, would have been a very believable helicopter pilot. Like oh, I would have believed- Maybe I got that whole thing confused with the Scott Glenn thing. Ignore what I said about the Scott Glenn thing. It was the Brian Brown thing that I heard. Just with another person and another name. 
It's been a very long day. There's no reason a to long this week and a long life. That's I've not a long life. There's no reason to lie to people because of that. <laughs> Don't be a liar because you've had a long I'm life. Being an idiot. Just because you're old doesn't mean that people should be misinformed. Those things don't have anything to do with each other. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, that's why I was confused because I, I did a little bit of research and I didn't see anything about Scott Glenn. Uh, so instead of a Brit, they wanted an Australian. Which makes less, <laughs> less much sense. sense. Okay. Mm. But it, it makes more sense in the, to the degree that I actually believe Ryan Brown could be a chopper pilot. I, and well, Malcolm McDowell is viscerally afraid of heights. Yeah, he terrified of flying. And you can see in several shots in the movie that he's literally like gripping in terror. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. No joke. Like no yeah. joke. Terrified of flying. Yeah. And and they had these actors like in the air for real for yeah. a lot of this a movie. Lot of it. Yeah. Some of it's rear screen, but a lot of it was real. You can you can tell right away what it is, what's going on. Uh, most Especially when 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 Malcolm McDowell looks like he's actually pooping his pants, you figure like, oh, they're actually up in the air. He didn't feel that nervous when no. he was in the. No stage. actor would willingly make that expression. Oh, no. <laughs> um, apparently, Roy Scheider asked Malcolm McDowell. He heard that Malcolm McDowell was terrified of flying, it's like scared to death. That he said, "So why in God's name did you take this movie?" And he said, well, "That's a good part." Like, <laughs> why? What are you crazy? <laughs> um, so we were going to talk briefly. In a nutshell, that's it. So he has this rivalry. Roy Scheider's character Murphy has this rivalry with Malcolm McDowell's evil character. And it gets a little simple in terms of the it's just this basic shootout between the two of these guys by the right. end of the movie. The whole just, movie is is an excuse for the last half hour. Pretty much. Um that all being said, you know, it's so uh much a better movie than I was prepared for. Like I it, it's okay, it's it is what it is. It's a movie about a cool helicopter. <laughs> but oh, it, but it's also a movie that has Warren Oates in it. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's so many great deep pleasures in it. Warren Oates uh last film essentially. Um yeah. He made like one other thing, but this was the last thing that was uh this was the last movie he actually worked on. I think things were a couple things were released um after this, but this was the last movie he made. No, I think he made something after. I think this was shot in 80, but not released till 83. And I think the other that other film was made after this one. Okay. Well, I know I, you, you are, you, you know, you're, you make a great case for that being the guy that told me that uh, Scott Glenn was going to star in this film. But he did have a he, he did have a very bad flu at one point, which I was really glad to hear because there's one scene in the movie mm. where it's very clear that he's reading reading yeah. stuff. It's the, it's one of the scenes where he chews them out in the office. Yeah, and yeah. He just but I but my understanding is that he was really really ill, <laughs> that he had a really bad flu. 
And you can barely notice, man. He's yeah. such a pro. It's He's like Harrison, still- like Harrison Ford and Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh so um I'm, I, I can I don't even know where to begin. There's so many interesting things. I'd like to can I just are you done? Are you finished talking? <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean I have my I have my random notes, but we can get to my random notes. You get to the serious intelligence let's, let's, stuff. Let's frame this. Let's put the frame of this house up that we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. All right, we got we got a screenplay by, you know, by a guy who's kind of a hero legend. This guy Dan O'Bannon. You know what he wrote? He Matthew. Hello. I'm here. You okay? Uh, yeah, Josh Gelman was. Uh, Jaffo, that's right, exactly, yeah, man. Oh, that's a great what, little bit in the movie. What did he write? Dan O'Bannon wrote a little movie called Alien. I heard of that. And uh, this was this was he was apparently sitting around with his buddy Don Jacoby, who we went to film school with, and um, Alien had just become a giant hit, and Dan needed to follow up some, something fun. And so they came up with this idea uh, for this crazy helicopter movie, police helicopter movie taking place in L.A. And the only difference between that and what you see as Blue Thunder is that their script was more of a psycho thriller. Basically, he said they got a pilot who like. You do it. they, They saw Taxi Driver. And said, "Why don't we make this about a, a pilot who goes crazy, like a like a like a police chopper pilot who goes psycho and starts blowing up LA?" Which, right. when I heard that, I got kind of sad because that's that's definitely the movie that I want. That's like that's the movie I'd rather see than this than this story. Like that story, yeah. I think would have made me really happy. But if you think about it, it could never have happened. The studios immediately said, "No, can't do that." John Badham apparently went to bat for the studio version. Uh Um, And the reason why it was the right call is because if you think about it, they would not have had the support of the LAPD's flying department, you know, if the movie had been that way. Right. And it's this cool because they had full support of the LAPD uh, chopper squadron or whatever whatever they call it. And, um, could do things because of that that they could never do. Right. Movie. But wouldn't that have been a like taxi driver in in, in a in helicopter the air, in a helicopter? That would have been cool. Wow. Yeah, that would be cool. So John Badham gets this movie. Now John Badham, if 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 other people out there who don't know who this guy is, I, I grew up knowing who he was, but then he started doing a lot of TV. In the, I guess, around 2000, and uh-huh. I think just stuck to television. So um, I don't know. He may have had features lately, but he had a run at any rate. That's one of the most amazing runs ever. So his first movie is this movie called Bingo Long Traveling All Stars, which was a huge hit with Richard Pryor. You go from that to Saturday Night Fever to Dracula with Frank Langella. Which is the best? I think the best, the best track. It's not Sparatu. Jim Murtaugh in any of these? He's in all of them. Whose life is it anyway? Blue Thunder, War Games, 
American Flyers, Short Circuit, Stakeout, Bird on a Wire, The Hard Way. Now, I don't love all of these movies. I love some of them. But these are all like huge hits and big, big name movies that that's in a row. That's just like one yeah. after another after another. And um, I mean, like half of them are are just outstanding and so much fun. I, I just wish he had, I, I wish he had more. I, I just wish he was more in the conversation lately because this movie is such a great example. What do you think would be the best double bill for this one? For this movie, the best double bill for this film? Firefox. That's a good choice. I say RoboCop. Oh, RoboCop would be a great double bill with this. It's very similar to RoboCop in a yeah. lot of ways. Yes. Um, and this movie came out in 83, and you say it was made in 80. Now, I, I don't, I didn't read that maybe, but that's even crazier because the movies that you think of when you think of, when I think of Blue Thunder came out way after, or certainly after, uh, Top Gun was 86. Yep. Runaway was 84, uh, which John Alonzo also shot. Not as good a movie as this. Um, Lethal Weapon is 87. Um, Robocop was 87. This was really, this was really early in the action, hard, hard, kind of like hard R action. Yeah. LA cop movie that we all know what that movie is like. And this is a really early, early version of that. I was also, surprised. In terms of LA, living in LA now, this movie is so much fun to watch. Is it, it spent time in LA back then, a lot of time in LA when we were growing up and what yeah. like, tiny nailers? Yeah, um, tiny nailers. We there. freeze framed on that. We couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. And is it is it accurate uh, geographically? Could you pretty much so? Yeah. Uh, you know, there are some there's some things, there are little errors, like when he goes home, it's the end of the night shift. So it's the morning, yeah, and the sun is coming up, like it is in almost every shot. Is magic hour, yeah. yeah. But the sun is there. Isn't a view from the Hollywood Hills east to the sun? Yeah. So yeah. Um, the other thing about him going home, though, is I've noticed that there's an awful lot of cops that have homes in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, one of the most expensive places in the world to live. Bosch, which is on TV right now, he's got this home in the Hollywood Hills, but they explain that because he he sold the he wrote a book about a case early in his career that then got made into a movie, and he sold the rights to his right. story and made us uh, you know a right. stack of money and bought a house in the hills. Right. Um, so they explain that in this, it's not clear why he's got a house in the Hollywood. Well, I mean, I guess something in the early eighties, if a guy had been a cop, you know, for 20 years or 30 years, by the time I could see them earning enough money to live by the, in the eighties, early eighties. Yeah. It's not what it is now. They couldn't no. do it now. No. Um, um, I just like to flip it around and say they're like on the Northridge side and they're looking at the Valley. 
right. they're not because yeah. <laughs> downtown LA, but that's what I always but, think. Um, but a lot, you know, and the old, the, uh, the drive-in, which is not there anymore. There's a, a, a huge, drive, a giant one. Yeah. yeah. There's a shopping center there now. Right. Uh, interesting little uh, tidbit. The dispatcher early in the movie who the, uh, that we hear on the radio, mm-hmm. the same dispatcher from Adam 12. No, really? Same, it's the same woman who you used to hear. Oh, from. that's One out of 12, one out of 12, see the woman. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, just the whole look of the movie. I mean, like so many, so many scenes are in, are in Magic Hour. Like so many scenes involving helicopters, like multiple helicopters taking off and stuff. Yeah. It, it's the kind of complexity that... You know, and I love Apocalypse Now, which is another great helicopter movie that you can think of, like where they have great helicopters in them, I guess. But I love that movie. But that that movie really makes a big deal out of every shot that it has of helicopters and of things exploding. And this movie does the same stuff and eats it for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, it it just it makes it look so easy. John Badham's whole crew, who, who have all the people that created this movie i mean to me they just they just made it look effortless which was kind of a miracle the sequence where they're and this is all before there was no there's no cgi there's no computer graphic imaging at all in this movie it's 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 all real helicopters some of it's some bad process shots with bad like you know what they had for rear screen projection right or i guess they might have had blue screen not a lot of that though in this um a lot of the nighttime conversations like anytime they're having a conversation in the chopper yeah it's it's a it's you know in a studio or outside of the studio um but there there is so much actual chopper work in this and i suppose they made maybe had some models i know they i mean i know they built some models of the city that works like to explode and blow up yeah. and stuff built by one of the great model makers ever who did stuff for close encounters <clears throat> but all the details were just so so right on and it's exciting to see a movie that was made kind of like at the at the height of the of of actual film technology you know right before it kind of everything went digital in the in the right in the late 90s you know these movies in the 80s the technology for film was at the height, the highest that it really ever got. You know, it's kept going into the nineties a little bit, but you're seeing these cameras were lighter and anamorphic lenses were, you know, able to be fitted onto these lighter cameras and they could do stuff, you know, it's kind of amazing. And it's all actually happening. Real, real stuff, real helicopters, real light hitting real things. And it's just so beautiful. This Um, is interesting. Our friend, Josh, it's the making of Blue Thunder. A His very first editor credit. Josh, I just watched your work uh, this afternoon to while I was uh, researching this because I saw Making of Blue Thunder today on YouTube and learned many things. And uh, it's well, it was a nice job you did there, sir. He's a good. Um, he's he's Josh is the guy that made editing look cool when I was a kid. He was like you know he was he was like this hip editor he was this young guy who was like an editor yeah and i looked up to him he was like the cool editor and yeah. um now he's so, just old bald jew like 
you wow. and you know another. I, 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 he, you know, he was, he's responsible for leading me down a terribly, uh, a terrible path in my life. And yet he's better looking than either of us. I've seen photos. No doubt. It's no like, doubt. Let's no not even I've talked enough about Josh Gilman and how awesome he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the, uh, I also love, I have to say that I love the way the exposition is handled in this movie. There's a lot of exposition that they that they just trust a smart audience to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Rather than explaining stuff to idiots out there. Okay, let's give me an example. Um, all the stuff about his PTSD, all the stuff about why Montoya doesn't want to fly with him. Mm -hmm. they, they never they, they don't they don't spell it all out. The relationship, whatever his relationship is with Candy Clark, they don't spell it all out. They they drop us into the middle of it and they expect us to figure it out like adults. And yeah, I I, I I totally agree. I think that's really true. Um, I mean, you do. I mean, almost almost to a fault. And I feel like I feel like you can I, a little bit maybe feel like the script. And I'm a huge Dan O'Bannon fan, but I think he'd be the first. He what he did say some of this. I don't think he was a hundred percent happy with what the script was that they shot. You know, um, thanks, Josh. You know, I think uh, I think he feels like he would have preferred it to be a psycho, crazy guy in a helicopter movie, right? And they took some of that movie and then adapted it with a better, with a hero that they thought we could get behind and stuff, but in 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 that transfer not everything made enough sense i i for a movie that deals with ptsd mm -hmm. and i don't and i like the fact that they don't tell us actually i agree with what you're saying but i feel like there could have been a little bit more emotional understanding of his situation and playing him as a kind of a tough 80s hero guy Right. While trying to have this PTSD story with it, it, it didn't totally work. You wanted there. more. You wanted more flashback to the more explanation of the the Nam thing and the throwing the guy out of the helicopter. Well, well no. I mean, I feel like the, I feel like I I I didn't even I didn't even need them to do that. I could have okay. even done with, with no flashbacks to Nam, and I would have gotten it. But I but I but I think I, I think I'm talking about just maybe Scheider being able to, you know, take us through the stages of this guy's disillusion with his job or change. He doesn't really change in the movie much. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, um, they try to, they try to shoehorn it in at the end. Yeah. Walking away that, and, and the, that he's, he gets over it somehow with right. the, uh, that last, and because he's kind of sticking it to corrupt federal agency stuff and corrupt government, which is great, he gets away with apparently just horrible, untold, untold mayhem and murder of the, in the streets. That and it all, you know, and he's and he's really only kind of saving his own ass. Like that's he's exposing stuff, but he wouldn't be doing any of this if he weren't running from them. Like no. if he. You know, and and also one of the biggest tragedies in the history of barbecue 
in in this movie. Oh my God! Yes, and yeah. you know the chicken story, right? Do you know the chicken story? I do. I, I, I yeah. Why don't you tell the chicken story? I mean, you got to set it up because there's a there's a big one of the most amazing scenes in in the sequences in the movie is this chase through downtown LA in helicopters. In the helicopters, and they scramble two F-16s from an airbase to shoot down Roy Scheider in Blue Thunder. And one of them lets loose, uh, not a sidewinder, but some sort of heat-seeking air-to-air missile. And so Roy Scheider flies Blue Thunder next to the heat-emitting smokestack of a giant chicken barbecue yeah. restaurant just, downtown. fantastic because it means like he knows the streets like yeah. he knows where that barbecue place is and he's right. thinking about well, what's the hottest place that i can yeah you know so he totally sacrifices everybody in that joint like no they everybody. all get out they all run they they I know, yeah they, they all run. get out they all run they all get and, out and and he hovers by the smokestack so that when the missile is just about to hit he can fly away from the smokestack but the missile will be locked onto the heat from the smokestack and take out the giant barbecue place which seems to be like in Chinatown for some reason because that's what they say they do say that it's a, they in yeah. Chinatown yeah and but the chickens do you know this about the chickens? They're real chickens. Real chicken is about a quarter of the price of rubber chicken. <laughs> yep, I read this thing. So they used real chickens, yes. and homeless people helped them clean up the I did. mess. I did read that, and I was like, okay, well, then that's great. You know, they, they actually did feed some people and did that. You know, that was great. At first, when you see it, it is shocking, a shocking waste of of. Thousands Life. of barbecued chickens raining down onto the street. It, it really is something else. <laughs> it's just kind of. Well, admittedly, that sequence could have been in a Cheech and Chong movie. So there are things in it that are that are like what? Well, particularly wow. the guys running from the restaurant are like. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> there are moves throughout this that are are really really funny in in a way that they everything in this movie has aged really really great but it all looks so dated like it's a combination of things can we play a clip do you is it okay to play one of these clips it'll give us a chance to you know take a rest let's play um play uh catch a later so this is this is malcolm mcdowell and you can see a little interchange with malcolm mcdowell who's the bad guy and Murphy is played by Scheider. And uh, watch for Malcolm McDowell's attempt at, at uh, Hollywood Hollywood catchphrases and uh, the Hollywood attitude at the Here end. Here we go. Rather a near thing today, eh, Murph? I heard your turbine failed. Or was it a flying? Back off, asshole. Huh? What did I hear? Huh? Threats? Well, what a change. We are acting brave nowadays. Are you threatening me, Murphy? No, I'm telling you. Back off. Catch you later. What is he doing? 
Chilena. He's selling it. He sells it. His whole hand position is weird. He doesn't know how to do finger gun. He doesn't know how to do the finger gun. It's a lot simpler than he's making it. Yeah. His, his hand looks like it's he's trying to mold it into the, he doesn't quite know how to do it. Anyway. I don't think they do finger gun at Pinewood. Um, so things that didn't work for me too much might be him, M Malcolm McDowell in this movie. I just don't believe he's a helicopter pilot for except for two seconds. Not literally for two seconds that I think he could do it. Okay. I thought Daniel Stern looked like he could fly F-15s more than Malcolm McDowell looked like he could. I don't think Malcolm McDowell looked like he would be able to fasten the seat belt in a helicopter. Okay, but I do buy Malcolm McDowell throwing a Viet Cong insurgent out of a helicopter. I do too. That I, I buy. I buy that 100%. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I kind of buy all the things. In a way, they they really picked a lot of things to take on. They're like Vietnam and PTSD and the, and 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 like bad cops and institution. There's like a lot of issues. You know, they they really tried to talk about racism in this movie. They they actually try. Um, there's a whole kind of like component of the film about about um, with the mayors. And the, and the mayor's re-election. The mayor's re-election and the woman who's in charge of the task force on street violence. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then there's like, and then there's, is the military spying on you with their new technology and where's the world going? Like there's yeah. oh, so just, many. Just so you know, the answer is yes. Yes. In case you're out to be somewhat true. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Do you know that Blue Thunder is a prop, right? You know that. That helicopter doesn't exist. Yeah, no, they they hung stuff off of a real helicopter. Get out of here, man. That's one of the that I mean, I didn't I didn't know. I actually did not know that. I, I saw this movie when I resaw it. I assumed that they just had a new prototype that the military had lent the movie to you. I honestly they sold that thing yeah. so well. I mean, it was a real helicopter. It's some French helicopter of some kind. It's the yes, it was a French helicopter. I forget the name of it, but Inside. it was the basis of it. But it doesn't look anything like what they ended up with. No, they hung all kinds of stuff on it. That Gatling gun yeah. that hung on the front of it. All kinds of stuff they did. Schneider says, "Oh, it's real nose heavy," and apparently, it was really nose heavy to fly yeah. it, and pretty yeah. dangerous to actually fly it around. Yeah. Um, and they also did an amazing job of hiding the fact that it was not easy to fly because apparently it didn't turn well. It was nose heavy. It wasn't as fast as it should have been because it had 150 pounds of props, you know, stacked on it. Wow. And um, nevertheless, I mean, they're not allowed to make movies like that anymore. Like it's literally illegal in this country to, you know, risk people's lives doing things like that. Which, which really, was, it's we, taken, we've lost something. It's, it's taken, taken a lot of all, all the funds out. Well, it's speaking stuff. of losing people's lives, you know, you know, that incredible shot of the, uh, the police motorcycle slide, you know, the guy having the accident and sliding and he hits, <laughs> broke his ankle. Stuntman broke his ankle in that shot. I read that as well. 
we're not reading this. I, we, we don't team up and read the same stuff, but no, we, we don't. did come up with some of some of the same information here. Um, okay, war notes. Let's look. It, it, it doesn't get better than war notes. He gave one of my favorite performances of all time. Uh, wh which which one? Sergeant Hulka in Stripes. Oh, okay, Sergeant it, Hulka is fantastic. A spectacular <laughs> performance. I thought you were, yeah, I, Tulane Blacktop's pretty damn good too. Yeah. He's got a line here that says, um, I had 20, I had 20 years in this outfit when your idea of a big time was sitting in front of the TV tube watching Bugs Bunny and gnawing on your fudgesicle. Yeah. Although my favorite line of his is, you're supposed to be stupid, son. Don't abuse the privilege. <laughs> um, was there uh so there's a lot of really great faces and names in this movie. Um, did you, uh, was there any surprises? Was there any, were there any performances that you weren't expecting that stuck out? Um, it's, uh, it's always good to see uh, Mr. Santos. Yeah. Always love him. You know, he's a face you see all frequently and he's always good. Jim Murtaugh. Yep. Happy to see him again. And he's got that guy down. He he has totally. that guy down. You completely buy him. Um what else? Oh shoot, I'm forgetting the fella's name. Um well, I, I there's a black guy who's the liaison between. That's not the mayor, right? Jason Bernard plays the mayor, and he's an actor I love. And um, I was going to mention him. Uh, he's really terrific. A thousand TV. He's been on television. Right. Okay. Um, and there's a couple of people who really I was really oh, surprised about. Gr Grandelius. Oh, Anthony James. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great character actor. What a face, man. Yeah. From so many great Westerns. You and would never know. You would never expect to look at him that that was the bad guy. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I did a little I did a little research on Anthony James. Uh, I didn't know much about him. I, I knew him as one of those, one of the, he's a that guy, you know. Right. Yeah. Been in a hundred Clint Eastwood things, and you've seen him a million times, and he's always really good. His last movie was Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood after they'd worked together a bunch of times over the years. And then he, he quit uh, acting um, and became a painter, really? but like, but like really good, like for real painter. Like, do you have any of his paintings to throw up there on the screen? Well, let me see if I can grab one here. Um, I'll share a screen if I can. I didn't grab one, but they're worth doing. Anthony James paintings. Uh, I'm just going to do a little image search. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of just one that's real nice. Uh, I don't know how to, how am I going to do this? Do I, should I send you the, uh, the you, photo? Can't you screen share? You can't screen share? I don't know. Can I? I'm so used to this other another program. 
Uh, I, I a program that will not be named. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to. Oh yeah, okay, it's down here. Screen yeah. share. Screen sharing is easy. Screen sharing is easy. Screen share. Okay. Uh... On the this part, um, on the uh, when we convert this into a podcast, this part's going to be really boring. This is this is a bad part of the show. I'm going to stop right now. This guy's work is really worth looking at, though. If you get a chance, his name is Anthony James. Come out. Uh, he 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 is an abstract, uh, kind of an abstract surrealist, maybe, or just abstract artist. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. And the the other clip that I pulled was from an actor who I don't think anybody knows necessarily because he didn't do a lot of work. Just a, an actor I, I, who I thought was fantastic in this okay. movie. Shall we play it? Please do. Here we go. Smoke, Frank, is it? Uh, no, yes. Uh, no smoke, yes, Frank. <laughs> I uh, understand that you uh, flew in Nam, Frank. That's right. Two tours, was it? One and a half. The weather pushed you out in tour, Frank. Well, you know what they say about a sucking chest wound. It's nature's way of telling you it's time to go home. Yeah, right, right. Are you going to tell us about this special detail? Yeah, a lot of people are already looking forward to the Olympics out here. And for a few short weeks, the attention of the world is going to be focused on this town. And every nutcase and terrorist and uh, crazy with a pipe bomb and a cause is drooling about it already. And that's what this special detail is all about potential for catastrophe. We don't want any Munich massacres out here, Frank. Are you talking about crowd control from the air? Ah, uh, give that man a cigar. That's been tried before, you know. Didn't work out so hot. Oh, yeah? Where was that? Vietnam. Uh, well, we added a few new wrinkles to that. Such as? Oh, you'll see, Frank. You'll see. Guy's name is Paul Roebling, and um, <clears throat> he did some television stuff, like 19 credits. And it's just, uh, it's always nice to see an actor, um, I think, just own it. Yeah. He, uh, he was so completely that kind of fab, you would imagine. So well done. Yeah, it's a very tight little scene. Yeah. It's a very well-written scene, the whole thing. There's a lot of information in there. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it, we forget now, you know, when this was made in 1980, released in 83, but certainly when it was made, Munich was not that far in the past, uh -huh. you know, that kind of stuff was going on, Bader Meinhof, right. all that, you know, and it right. was, and neither was, was the Vietnam war. Yeah. It was right. It just ended. Yeah. Seven um, years, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, again, my, it, it's it dry. It's a, it's this crazy like '80s action classic, kind of ridiculous action movie, with aspirations to be, um, kind of what Dan O'Bannon called like a Watergate, a Watergate thriller, and. Yeah. It is a kind of an interesting mix of those things. It doesn't always blend perfectly, 
but the stuff that was it, 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 it's this is one of the more entertaining movies that that, that we've seen for this um for the show do you have a favorite shot honestly anything that takes place in that hell in the in the in the, in, in the office or in that the police chopper headquarters uh, i was just in love with the night shots uh looking at worn outs with the skyline the green buildings behind him yeah um those those were some of the shots that i i loved most um the, the choppers taking off from in like you watch them taking off like the first shot choppers taking off at sunset from inside the the building yeah um when shots something like a shot like that said everything about what this movie's going to be like in the first shot uh it just says it all and um I mean, it's just John, John Alonzo and it's the waiting for the right time of day and having everything just perfectly timed. But I'm a sucker for that. What about you? Well, there's there's the terrific shot that it's sort of the iconic shot from this movie that was used in the previews, which I think was done. Uh, I'm not sure. Is it Kong Island. Fourth it's Avenue Bridge. Uh, when when the cops have her pulled over and they yeah. arrest her and then. He rises up over the overpass. Yeah, and and you you know it's coming, and it's just and it's been yeah. used in every chopper movie since. Yeah. Yeah. and it, it's it's a great shot. But I think my favorite sequence in terms of editing slash storytelling is the way they handle the him setting the the chopper down on the train tracks at the end to, in front of the freight train to destroy it. And walking away and the way they play with the time loop there and the thing they've set up with the timer on his watch. Right. Where he where he's in the chopper when it gets hit, and then he's too close to it when it gets hit, and then we finally see that he's and it, it's sort of playing out the interior of his PTSD and almost like his his psychic recovery in that moment as he walks away from right from the disaster from his death um yeah it's a it, it's it's a rebirth for him and i just loved the way they played with time there mm-hmm. and they ended he they just they're just out the movie they just, just done over i love that it's yeah. just like blade runner they're just like yeah end yeah stop the movie movie's over <laughs> Um, and the dedication at the at the very end is a lovely touch. Did you? It is to worn outs. Yeah, at the very at the, nice. the very last. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a sucker. I'm not an idiot. Um, I've been called an idiot, but I'm not. Um, we can't. We really can't uh, go any further or come close to ending this without praising Candy Clark at least for a couple minutes. Oh, that's my job. You don't. You're not a fan of uh, of Candy Clark's in this film. I think no, I, I mean, love her in this film. How fantastic! She's so great. She's so. I love the fact that they don't explain who she is. Like you said, they don't tell you the shorthand of where their relationship was, but they also don't tell you the shorthand that she's out of her freaking mind. <clears throat> she's insane, clinically mad endangering herself and her child at, at the drop of a hat to yeah. do anything that Roy Scheiger says. 
I wish um, they all could be California girls. She's really something. And completely, I don't know another actor at that time that could have like, had, you know, been that innocent and sweet and kind of guileless and done that and be believable doing both of those things. Really, really fantastic. Yeah, no, she, is, she is lovely in it. And she's still acting, Candy Clark. I think yeah. she may have taken a bit of time off, but uh, I've seen her in a few things lately, and it's always nice to see her. And her first splash was um, American Graffiti, right? American Graffiti, I believe. Yeah, that was the first time. I think that might have been her first movie, but it was the first thing that it was the thing that made her famous. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's wonderful. Danny Stern, big big fan of Danny Stern's. Who doesn't like Danny Stern? Who? Show me who doesn't like Danny Stern. No, we love Danny Stern. Nobody doesn't like Danny Stern. I he, I I've never met him. We sort of shared a we shared a role that I did on the East Coast, and then he did the West Coast play version of it. And I heard from many people that he was lovely. I met him uh, uh, briefly because uh, I, I went to the set when Pop was doing. Uh, uh, Coupe de Ville. Yeah, I was gonna say Pink Cadillac, but that right, was no, it was another, it was another movie. Coupe de Ville, and I, I got to uh, hang out a little bit with him. Super, yeah. Right. So Super. you got Danny Stern, I got Ari Gross. Wonderful. I think we both worked. We both made out like bandits. And neither of us got got Patrick. Uh, not you know the, the third. No, the the. Uh, the third brother in that movie, Grey's Anatomy, Patrick uh, Dempsey. Dempsey, yeah. I know. I uh, that's the last time I'm going to help you with a Patrick Dempsey. I and can't have any more in me. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of anything else about it that's like you know, I, I, the 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 Chopper stuff. If you like seeing, if you like action, Chopper, you know, action. It's the best. Yeah. Listen, I, I just have to say something in, in my defense and my not being able to remember names or anything. When we started this show, I was in California. Yeah. And the show was at seven o'clock. Yeah. Right now I'm in New York and the show starts an hour past my bedtime. You haven't adapted to the, you drove here. You shouldn't have had jet lag. No, it's not jet lag. It's that nine o'clock is my bedtime. So in L.A., when the show was at 7 o'clock, I could do the show wide awake, show's over, I go to bed. Okay. Now, I have to stay up an hour past my bedtime to start the show. I don't think there's a... We could change the time, I think. We, we no, probably... that would be too early for people in on the, on the West Coast. Well, maybe you need to change your attitude about... And with our incredible following, if we changed the time, can you imagine the the chaos that would ensue? Well, I think they, you know, they would be upset if we changed the time. I I don't think it's a good idea, but I don't think it's a good idea that you uh, that you sit so, on your own show and complain about being uh, having having it not run the way you want it. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, there's one other thing I have to point out. One sort of little flaw in the movie what is that um that the crime scene techs 
find all of those pieces of paper and very carefully put them into plastic bags. Uh-huh. And then Roy Scheider walks into that backyard and instantly finds it. a piece of paper that has yeah. the, the, sticking the main the clue on it that's yeah. right there that the crime scene techs would have missed that. There are some there are some holes they're filling with some Simon and Simon screenplay <laughs> scripts. <laughs> but that's exactly I think what, you know, Dan O'Bannon was talking about in that interview. Yeah. Uh where he said, you know, it's it, it's it wasn't tooled initially or made initially to be a movie about a guy that we <clears throat> uh wanted to associate with right you know he wasn't our hero in the original version and so in order to make him a hero or somebody we could identify with they had to add all of the plot that is this movie so none of the plot was in the original it was just like atmosphere i think and you know getting to know that world and then this guy going crazy yeah but now they had to have a bad guy and they had to write a bad guy. They had to go, well, why do they hate each other? It's like, okay, well, they're from Vietnam thing. Yeah, and they'll grab bad blood. And he threw there, somebody there, out of a helicopter. There, it, there are definitely things in it that you're like, studio wrote that scene. The studio edited this. They made that happen. And um, <clears throat> some of it, you know, some of the scripts just doesn't play like, you know, like if it doesn't play like a Michael Mann movie. No. Um, but it was 1983 and they had six cameras shooting all the time and they had helicopters blowing things up in downtown LA just all that's just for two hours. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, so next week, light sleeper, which is a movie I'm, I've never seen. I'm really excited. I've never seen it either. Uh, it's a Paul Schrader movie, right? Paul Schrader with incredible actors in it. Willem Dafoe. I've heard of him. The lovely Dana Delaney. Oh, who, who, uh, who, um, do you have, you know, Dana Delaney? Do you know it? Dana, Dana and I were husband and wife for three months. Uh-huh. In on stage, not in no, real. It's not life. a shotgun wedding. It wasn't no, like a not, Vegas thing. Uh we were we were husband and wife for three months uh in dinner with friends in New York. And we've worked together a couple of times since in uh a couple of things in Los Angeles. Little interesting. Little fun stuff. Uh and she's a, a lovely actor and a lovely person. Well, I mean she'd want to be on the show. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll reach out to her and see if she wants to stop by and say hello. And then there's also uh, Susan Sarandon. Maybe she wants to be on the show. I don't. I don't want to. No. You don't want Susan Sarandon on the show? No. That's confusing. There's politics. Okay. You know. Okay. Well, we can talk afterwards because I'd like to know what the story is. Yeah. Um. I feel like I've I've feel like I've been I've done something embarrassing, but I don't know why. No, you haven't done anything embarrassing, and I I I I'm, I'm revealing my intolerance. Are you feeling tired again? <laughs> I need my nappy. <laughs> I need my I need my <clears throat> I changed, and then I need my nappy. Well, 
finish your beer, get your nappy, and um, you know, uh, <clears throat> is that is Light Sleeper available? Can we see that? I didn't check. It it's, see it. it's available on uh, Amazon Prime. I believe. okay. Well, uh, you know, we don't take money from Amazon Prime, but we do like to tell people where they can see stuff if we uh, if we get a chance to. I know uh, Blue Thunder is is streaming on Amazon. That's where I saw it. Um, and if you out there, if we haven't completely spoiled the possibility of enjoying the movie, you should you should check it out. Those of you who can get a hold of it. Um. So well, now who we talked about who directed, uh, Light Sleeper, Paul Schrader, right? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote it also, I'm assuming. Let me take a look. Uh, yes, written and directed by Paul Schrader. This is from 92. Very interesting. Wow, I can't wait to see this. This is really cool. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I can't believe I've never seen it. It's one that I've I've wanted to see for a long time. Um, very exciting. Okay. All right. Well, fantastic. Good night. Good and night, sir. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. You as well. Well, you're going to get... That's a copyright infringement, I think. You can't actually copyright a, a it's it's from a movie. It's from a George Clooney movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. See you later. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.